Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, 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 and welcome to the day before. Uh, that which we've been waiting for is almost upon us, and uh, as a result, we are joined today by uh, City Paper's chief political reporter. Well, you are. Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's his beat. <laughs> uh, this is Ryan Dito, and uh, he put together the uh, uh, City Paper's election edition, which has all kind. If you haven't seen it, pick it up. There's lots of interesting. Uh, factoids in there and also things like what is possibly going to happen if either Democrats win or if Republicans, and we're looking at, you know, we're not looking nationally, we're looking closer to home and, and at the state. So uh, the reality is that even if there's a blue wave, it ain't a big enough wave to get Harrisburg or the state legislature back. No, and there's there's a chance that the that the state house could flip. It's a slim oh, chance. Yeah. It's very slim. Um, Allegheny County would probably have to factor in hugely into that, like maybe flipping like four or five state house seats within the county name some names that would have to be flipped. um mike terzai seat oh. uh, yeah okay well mike uh, terzai for those probably of the most important he is and i want to talk a lot about him mike terzai is a very powerful man um you know he, he's basically the state's paul ryan if that's a good comparison for yeah. people to understand yeah. is that he he controls the speaker of the house yes and he has just as much clout as ryan does in the national government as um uh yeah yeah he I does mean, yeah. at the state level yes, and he level. because he sets the agenda of what is possible Absolutely. he controls uh if a bill is is put forward he controls its path you know what what committee it is assigned to well, uh, could, how it yeah he, he, I'm, no yeah. i mean he, i mean he can decide whether or not even to bring it up after committee and if and it so even has a vote if it goes through committee he can decide you almost unilaterally uh that whether or not it can get to a vote so that all of the hundred something members of the uh you know pennsylvania state house can vote on it and it's the same way that um, the former Speaker of the House in the U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. federal government, John Boehner, wouldn't allow a uh, immigration bill that went through the Senate. Right. And right. now we're kind of stuck with this immigration system that the president has been demonizing. So it, he has that power on the state level. And it's not the same policies that we see, but it is really important policies like gun control, like LGBT rights, like marijuana like uh gerrymandering absolutely yeah like uh you know retooling the uh, size of the state legislature like all i mean everything taxes taxes um, so to say he is as powerful as the governor is not you could argue you could argue that in that if we have equal branches of government he sits atop one of them. Yes, and yes, he's but. and I would argue he's very close to power as the governor. The governor's power over Terzai is that the governor has he can a veto. veto. Exactly. That's it. He's um, got one. But shot. that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but he. But you know, the governor. You know, just like normally, typically stays out of how bills legislate through the assembly. So uh, Terzai doesn't. Terzai is actively in that, so he can shape bills. And he's done that many, many times. He's tried to shape bills. He tried to include a Down syndrome abortion restriction into a bill uh, about something not even related to that. I can't even remember what it was. Um, but that's the – and so that's what – yeah, yes, that's what the issue is. And that's what I think – I hope, like, Pennsylvania voters, when they go to the polls, really think about because there's all this talk about the blue wave and the house flipping and Trump for some reason, even though he's not on the ballot, and uh, – all this other stuff, but like your state government is extremely important. There's so many bills that the federal government doesn't even take up because it's the norm to give that responsibility to, to the, the state. state. Exactly. And and what I've always been told, the closer the political entity is to you, uh, the more impact it has on your life. 
So that city government yes. has extraordinary, you know, it sets the tax rate, yes. uh, your property taxes. Uh, the state government has more impact on your life. Yeah, I would argue. That, I, I, you could argue it has the, the most. You, you could argue it has most, the most impact because of the and because we of the pay policies. so little attention. Yes. Okay, so Mike Terzai, he's from Marshall. I don't even know where Marshall yeah, is. Yeah, it's in the North Hills. Uh, uh, right. So, so yeah, it's yeah. right. It's right on the. It's like the one of the. It's like one of the northernmost townships in Allegheny County. Um, it's, it's right off 279, basically, like right before Cranberry. Um, God, there are more bad people. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, in our legislature from the North Hills, you guys, you guys save us. Jeez. Yeah, the okay. North Hills does have a. a well, Daryl Metcalf. Yeah, Daryl Metcalf is a, um, a, a another um, very. Uh, any shot that we can get him, bring him down. I that, so I haven't seen any polling on that race. Right. Um, it'd be hard because the the Republicans outnumber the Democrats. Register even in, in registration. Then. Oh yeah, yeah, much so. Um, yeah. in that area, it's a it's a Republican stronghold. Um, Dan Smith Jr. has run a very compelling campaign, I would say. He's very much focused on uh, uh, roads and local issues. And I, I've actually spent a lot of time in Cranberry. I used to live near around there. And, uh, yeah, it is a big issue for people there. It's it's fastest-growing area in the whole um, region. And um, they have a lot of traffic issues because they haven't gotten the state funds to expand some of their uh, roadways, Freedom Road um, and uh, – Dan has really focused on that. Well, Daryl Metcalf has done exactly what he always does, which is um, try to be a demagogue about anti-gay, anti-LGBT, anti-immigrant, really anti-anything. Uh, Smith is gay? Smith is openly gay. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, uh, we, uh, we actually broke the story about him running for um, the state house. I uh, can't remember exactly when I wrote that, but it was a I while ago. I think he's ago. running against the most just flat-out yeah. homophobe, yeah. uh, unrepentant, uh, bold, uh, homophobe yeah, I mean, in the, you know, at this point, yeah. I don't even think anybody needs to pretend like that's not the case because he just put out a mailer that said, uh, um, that claim that Dan Smith was married to quote unquote a husband, like when in, in oh, quotes, yeah, even though yeah, the Supreme yeah. Court has recognized that since 2015, um, and I think Pennsylvania slightly before that. So, um, yeah, uh, that's that's one of those that one's I, I, I don't think that one's gonna flip, but there are a lot of other ones, um. Hal English retired right next to Terzai's district, and so that's like an open seat with a Democrat running. Uh, Michelle Knoll is running against Valerie Gatos, which is also an open seat. There were a lot of Republican state house rep re retirements, basically. Mm -hmm. John Maher down in, um, or Mayor, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, down in uh, Upper St. Clair. Um, he retired as well. Uh, Eli Avenkovich retired. Uh, that's like um, Westmoreland County and also Allegheny County. And so there are a lot of possibilities for pickup seats. Uh, you know, you never really know. Those places are, you know, typically more Republican. They're Republican. So, but, it, I mean, if people go out there and they really think about it, they really think about what they really want out of their state representative, maybe Republicans flip because they want to see medical marijuana. I mean, sorry, I should say recreational marijuana on the ballot and stuff like that. I saw um, uh, a, a yard sign walking my dog this morning, and I live in the East End. And it was for, I thought, what? I looked at it, I thought, huh? It's Terzai's opponent. Yeah. Uh, Sko Scope? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, her name's Emily Skopov. Um, Skopov, that's yes, it. Uh, yeah, she's been running against Terzai for a very long time, I actually. Oh, I, you I, mean I, she's, she's run in other elections against no, him? No, 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 just, oh, just this election. But she got into the campaign extremely early. I think I actually saw her at the Summit Against Racism, like, directly after the um directly after trump won in 2016 and she was like i'm gonna run against terzai so she's oh, good for her. so she's been running a very long uh and race and um it's actually i was actually just up there yesterday um uh a famous hollywood actor actually um his name's zachary quinto he played a uh, oh i know spock in yeah. star trek uh, sure, he's, sure, sure. yeah he's from pittsburgh he was actually up there with her canvassing and helping her team oh, that's fantastic. Get, get motivated so um, that race is a lot closer than people expected it to be, and so if that race goes, then I think there's a really good chance that um, a few other races can go, and then there's a, there's a, even a bigger chance to flip uh, houses out in um, the Philly burb, Burbs area. So there's a chance. There's a let's not. But not the yeah, state senate it, though. That can't. It's like it's it like it, it's basically mathematically impossible. Like <laughs> to this, or there's like an <laughs> extremely small percentage chance. Well.
Terzai, let, let's make no mistake about uh, how conservative he is. I mean, he's just yes down yeah. the line. Yes, he's very conservative. And in terms of, I, I, I just want to say one of the things that's happening, uh, because I'm a, a fervent uh, uh, person, uh, support, supporter of uh, Planned Parenthood, is uh, I think what's going to happen is uh, Roe v. Wade is not necessarily going to be overturned. It's going to be uh, the legs cut out from under. Sure. Uh, the the uh, Kavanaugh uh, Supreme Court will, when given the opportunity, and that'll be relatively quickly, they yeah. will say this is something the states sure. should decide. So it's going to come back to the states. Yeah. And if it comes back to the states, Mike Terzai will ensure that abortion uh, yeah, will I've be criminalized in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Well, now, I, I can't say for sure that because he hasn't attempted that yet, but at the same time, you can't really attempt it because it, everybody knows that it would get struck down immediately by the Supreme Court. So, But he has a, a very, very long and extensive record of attempting severe abortion restrictions within the letter of the law. That's right. Um, yeah. for, for a very long time. But not only would Terzai, if he remains in office, would probably push that agenda, would push a very severe restriction abortion agenda, or, may, or even possibly making abortion illegal. Um, the Republican candidate for governor, Scott Wagner, has said on the record that he would do that. And, and, and so if he's in office, there's no veto there. And so that would... There is a distinct possibility that abortion yeah. could be illegal in Pennsylvania so. because there is no protection in our state constitution where other states have done that. Like California has a protection within their constitution. So um, the well, legislator couldn't just willy-nilly change it. They'd have to change the constitution, their state constitution, which is obviously a lot harder. Okay, well, going to another thing that is not in our constitution uh, in, in Pennsylvania, is there is no legal protection for Gays, lesbians, trans, queers, all the way yeah, down down of, the yeah, line. Yeah. Which is to say, actually, unless you, uh, around here in southwestern Pennsylvania, unless you live in Allegheny County, yes. uh, if you're LGBT, yeah. you have no legal, pr you can be fired yeah, from your job, yeah. your landlord yeah. can t throw you out on the street. Yeah, this is something I've what? covered for a, a long time, and it's 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 actually something that a lot of a lot of Pennsylvanians probably don't really know about. They just assume that they do have the same rights. In 1964, the famous you know Civil Rights Act was passed, which gave civil rights protections, non-discrimination protections to based on gender, based on race, based on religion, based on national origin, and maybe one more. Um, but the, but but not based on sexual identity, which would be like you know, whether or not you're yeah. gay or straight, yeah. um, and not based on, uh, and not based on gender identity, which would, whether or not you're trans or you were cis, um, which is not trans. And, um, so in Beaver County, for example, if you, if you move into, um, you know, an apartment in Ambridge, let's say, and the landlord doesn't, is anti-LGBT, or, or isn't. It doesn't really even matter. They, can they don't say, have to be. They just can say you're out. They can say, I'm, I'm evicting you, and, they, and then you can go, oh, why? Well, because you and your girlfriend live here or something like that, you know? And so, um, yes. That and that's <laughs> legal. And it is 100% and legal. legal. There's, the, there's nothing they can do. They can, die, they can also deny you public accommodation. Um, so you could walk into a, you could walk into a, a coffee shop in beaver for example and uh they can say oh no you're trans oh no you can't go into the bathroom and they can legally do that because it is not included in the 1964 <laughs> civil rights act and many uh, some states have changed ha have have changed their civil rights act to include that pennsylvania is not one of those states so in most of western pennsylvania outside of erie county and allegheny county you can be fired evicted or denied public accommodation because you're gay. And actually, that's actually true of most of the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, two, I'm sure it is. Two-thirds of the state. It took me forever to find exactly how many you know, municipalities, because some in southeastern Pennsylvania have passed it by municipality, like, like, like how Ross Township did recently, but Ross Township's already within Allegheny County. Um, 
And it's actually really, really complicated because Butler County, for example, um, the city of Butler was considering passing one. They, you know, the, the Democrats lost an election, so they didn't pass it. But it, in Butler County, you can't even pass it on a countywide level because they don't have a countywide police force. So it has to be done either municipality, municipality by, by municipality, municipality, which there are thousands in the state, or the state can easily just pass one statewide. You don't have at the tip of your fingers how many uh, states uh, are like Pennsylvania and not having protection. Most states. Most states, most states yes. do not have protection. Yeah, for well, I mean, any state where Republicans have been well, in okay, charge so forever, they haven't done it. Which So you've got to talk about Alabama, Mississippi, Wyoming, all these places. The red states. Don't have red states. Yes, some, <laughs> I think some red states might, like one or two, might have some. But um, no, not, not to the example that um, like California, Massachusetts, these other states. Um, do so. Yes, that is a that is a very important issue if you believe in LGBTQ rights, um, and it is on the ballot 100 percent. This, this if you believe in LGBTQ rights, if you believe in human rights, <laughs> absolutely, I mean, it's just human rights. Yeah, it's saying that doesn't matter who you are, you have the full protection of the law to be culling groups of people out and saying this law applies to everybody but you is so extraordinary it's, to me. It's really remarkable because Republicans who privately, I would say, support these things, um, they, they, when it comes to legislatively, they, they have no courage at they all. They don't. I actually covered the one in Ross Township, and they had, they have uh, five Democrats and three Republicans on their council, one of whom is actually running for state Senate, Jeremy Schaefer. Ugh. He was absent for that uh, vote, obviously. Um, but uh, the, the two Republicans, one of them said, um, I don't believe in discrimination of any kind. I don't believe in discrimination against, against religion, against all this stuff. And then he voted against the bill. So it, it, it's just like it's just like this talking thing that they're so I don't know. I'm assuming they're really afraid of their probably their far right Christian base. Right. That would be like you just you just okayed a bathroom bill, a bathroom bill or whatever they freaking call it. And and it's the same with Schaefer, who's running for state senate, and he would probably be a huge vote on that issue, on the LGBTQ rights issue. Um, but when he was uh when he was on Ross Township Council, and when you sorry, he's still on Ross Township Council. He, he didn't even have the courage to show up. He for avoided the vote. the vote, but then during the debate that he had, he said, "Oh no, I support this." But give me a break. I mean, it's not that hard to vote for a council thing that's basically redundant anyway. Like, I mean, it, that's the kind of that's the kind of politics we we we, we have in the state uh, in terms of uh, LGBTQ protections. Uh, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, unsurprisingly. Uh, given what's happened to it in the last few years, has endorsed uh, uh, Scott Wagner. I always want to call him Scott Walker because of the Wisconsin governor. Oh Two peas in a pod. Yeah, <laughs> except, except except Scott Walker's a better uh, politician. Yeah, that's true. Right? He did win. Yeah, yeah. he, well, he won, and he's there. running for his third uh his third term. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. There's no term limits, and oh, he's I running, see. and it's tight. It's close, yeah. Yeah. So Scott Wagner... Um, if the polls can be believed, he doesn't have a chance. Yeah, if if the polls can be believed, which we should always we should always couch it in that, um, and because uh, polls are are wrong often. And uh, if we didn't learn that a few years ago, then uh, we're incapable of learning anything. I will say, observing Scott Wagner's campaign, he he kind of like has on paper like. He could be a decent Republican candidate, a businessman. He's he's kind of brash. He's self-made businessman. Exactly. Yeah. In terms of in terms of the way yeah, he can yeah. you know sell himself. But anytime he really tried to cast himself more into the limelight, tried to get more attention, he ended up like basically putting a pie on his face right. because <laughs> he, he he tried to cast himself in the limelight. He said really anti-LGBTQ. Um, you know, statements which just riled up probably a more liberal base or probably even moderate Republicans that maybe wanted to support him. And then it they seems go, like oh, I don't know trying about that. To, he's trying to be Trump-like. Every time he oh, tries to man, be Trump-like, yeah, like, like oh, telling, you know. Talking about. Put a catcher's mask yeah, on because I'm going to be stamping all yeah. over your face. Well, it comes off as extremely inauthentic, whereas Trump but is very authentic, authentic. with it. Yeah, yeah, and so like, it, really, it really works for a lot of voters. Um, Wagner seems like he's trying to like 
like like like and you know then, I don't know play Trump in a movie or something like that and he's doing a really bad and job. And then when called out on it does the most un-Trumpian thing which is backpedal. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know Trump would yes, say he has hey babe. Many times. Yeah, yeah, hey babe, if you want to be Trump like you never apologize, yes. you never and, you and never so stand in, down. in those aspects it does it does feel very unlikely that Wagner will have enough crossover support that would win that would beat um, who has become a popular incumbent uh, governor. Um, so, Well, you say he has become a popular? Well, yeah. He seems sort of like a cipher-like character. Well, I mean, in the, um, you know, like two years ago when the polls would, you know, were starting about, you know, you know Governor Will's approval rating, um, they were, I think they were underwater to an extent, or um, yeah, at least wasn't, like, yeah. or at least not that many people had an opinion. Well, because he's, he's, you know, yeah, he's very blase, yeah. very milk toast. Yeah. yeah, but, but, but as we've gotten closer to the election and as he's gotten more, yeah. you know, you know, attention, his, his, his approval rating is positive at this point, and so that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's just what. So happened. it says here one of the little factoids I got from, uh, from the city paper. Uh, uh, edition you mm-hmm. edited mm-hmm. that Tom Wolf grew up in Mount Wolf. <laughs> I didn't know that actually when I when I when I was what editing it. I know, I know. He yeah. grew up in a town named after his family. I, do, I, I, I didn't I did not fact check that. I, I mean in terms of it being named after his family. I, I you know I I'm to telling see you, I bet it is. I I don't somebody look that up. <laughs> I wouldn't be grew, surprised. Well and you point out and I think this is a riot no matter what happens tomorrow, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania's governor will be a millionaire from, from York County. Yeah. Yeah. That is bizarre. It is pretty bizarre in terms of if you want to How think about How many counties are there? There's a 70. 50, 50, uh, no, I think there's 70. Are there? I don't know. There's 100 million. <laughs> I mean, there's just like this huge number of counties. 68 or something. I don't know. And, um, yeah, and... And the two guys, two white, two cis white males, <laughs> uh, running for the governor sure. of the state, yeah. are both millionaires from one county. Yeah, and that's odd. And that both, is and both, really odd. And both businessmen. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Oh, okay, all right. You were closer. I was closer. <laughs> but I went over. So, yeah, like, right. on the, on the Price the right. Is Right, I wouldn't have <laughs> that's won. That's stupid. I don't understand that. Is that? If <laughs> <laughs> you're closer, you're closer. Sixty. Seven. Yeah. And both candidates are from the same county. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that Scott Wagner um, won the endorsement fairly easily from the Republican Party because Mike Terzai was actually running uh, for governor for a very short time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and and also with Paul Mango, um, who is crazy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's just like apparently he had a Gab account. That was just that was just reported on today. Paul Mango had a Gab (laughs) account. Yeah. Uh, this was a guy who had wanted to be the uh, yeah, Republican. He was also from the Pittsburgh area. He's from Richland, uh, up in up and in a North Gab Hills. account yeah. is th- that means he was online on the same uh, sort of hate. Uh, what what would you it, call a Gab it, account? It's a social media, um, you know, platform. Is yes, that what platform, they call it? Platform, yes. But um, a lot of white nationalists and Nazis. A lot of you know, traffic on it. And in fact, the killer uh, here, Robert Bowers. Um, uh, I don't alleged think, killer. I oh fuck. <laughs> and I excuse me. And I I don't I have not uttered his name. Uh, the killer here is um, was was uh, was a frequent Gab. person on Gab. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but anyway. <clears throat> and Gab was silenced for a while, but I hear I read in the paper today it's back. Yeah, it's I, found a yeah, new. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess there's no way to stop that. Freedom stuff. of speech. I always call it the pesky First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can be pesky at times. Oh my God! So what are they? You know, every every year, what's his name? It starts with a W. The um, elections chief here, Wolitschek. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He, Wolitschek, he, yeah. he he predicts what voter turnout will be. Oh, have you seen his? No, you know, are you no, aware? no. I wonder what he's uh, predicting. I I have um, no idea. I mean, I've I've uh, I. I will say that turnout was up in the primary, um, and um, uh, registration has been up like huge across the board. Um, Pennsylvania led the you know nation in youth voter registration um, by state. Uh, registration so, though is not voting. Absolutely, 
but but there are I think um, I think a lot of uh, I think the Philadelphia Inquirer has done a lot of good reporting on um, absentee ballots and which are really which are really really up in Pennsylvania too, which is actually really strange because we have very 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 strict absentee balloting rules. Oh, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, no, I mean they're, it's they're like extremely you... strict. So I mean that's a lot of people that are like out of the state that are like I want to vote in Pennsylvania. So. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how many of those get rejected because, again, they can easily get rejected um, because of our very, very strict voting <laughs> rules. Well, is that a kind of suppression, do you think? Uh, our very strict absentee yeah. ballot rule? Absolutely. <laughs> However, I was talking about that the other day, and one of, uh, one of you guys, one of the listeners, had a very interesting um, uh, reaction, said, well, yeah, but he's lived in other jurisdictions, and he says Pennsylvania has more voting uh, places mm -hmm. per, I mean, po for the population. In other words, so many. it's unbelievable. Like within uh, a six-block area, there might be two separate. Absolutely. So that is not suppression. No. Because we're, we're seeing how, I mean, the, the infamous one, the, the, this election cycle seems to be Dodge City, right. uh, Kansas, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like like at the town of like fourteen thousand people, one voting yeah, place, and, it's, and, and it's, it's now been moved out of town. Yeah, and it's also heavily Latino because yeah, of the yeah, farmers yeah. Exactly. Uh, there. So um, yeah, but no, that is not the case in Pennsylvania, especially if you live in if you live within the city, you do not. It, it's a block or two. You can tops. walk. There is and no. And so it's way one of those things walk. that I see like Lyft and Uber. They're like, look, we're gonna give you drive the polls, and like in Pennsylvania, like. Why would you take an Uber? It's like two blocks away. Like it's like no every reason. every your neighbor's house is your polling. Place. Yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> Mine's a car dealership. Oh yeah. So okay. yeah. Or it's like <laughs> so. you know, it's your bedroom. That's all. You don't even have to yeah. get out yeah. of bed. But that's odd, given this. Uh, you know, so why I think would it that, I think that's just like I think it's an old school. I think that's more of an urbanist kind of thing in Pennsylvania, because like you know, for a long time the state was very walkable and was very dense. It was just a lot of dense towns. It was a lot of dense cities and towns. So they basically were just like, they just want you to be able to easily walk to your thing. Now, as as we've spread out in Pittsburgh, where we're becoming more suburban, you definitely can't walk if you live in Marshall, for example. Um, but uh, yes, so I think that's just a carryover. It's just like, you know, it's something that hasn't been changed because it's just always been that way. It probably is inefficient. I would say uh, well, I, it's really hard or for the more county. Expensive. It's really hard for the because you'd have it's to really have hard to get. It's really hard for the county to get the volunteers. They've always had struggled that's getting clear. enough volunteers. Yeah, it's only old people that I'm always well, we amazed work, when I see. You know, like who else? Who else can take a whole day off to? Uh, well, to, speaking like, vote? of that, I happened to be on Walnut Street the other day and walked into Patagonia, a store, and they they had a sign on their door saying that uh, they were. Going to be closed. Yeah, actually, um, on election day. Yeah, our uh, one of our writers, Amanda, just uh, I think uh, wrote. I think it's only online, but um, wrote a wrote a story about all the businesses that actually close on election day as like a sign of like we want we want you to we want you, you know, to vote. We want you to we vote. Want we want our to employees a, a, to vote. A citizen, yeah, and, and, and You mean there's know. others? Do you know of yeah, others? Yeah, actually, I haven't I haven't read that article. <laughs> yet. It was just I think it was just posted recently, but um, I can pull it up. Okay, yeah, pull it up. It, yeah. I, you know, and again, I, th this country is nuts. We choose to vote on a weekday, limited hours, and like in a state that doesn't allow early vote. It, it makes it extremely difficult for some people, if not impossible, to vote. People who have to commute to and from their jobs, and by the time they get there and come home, the polls are closed on mm -hmm. both ends. I mean, this really does happen. Makes me crazy. You can't. It doesn't matter. No, I think it is an issue actually, or at least we put it online. Yeah, but I thought, wow, that's. I mean, that Patagonia is a. I mean, that's a chain. Yeah, it's a big company. It's a big company, and it looks like Dick Sporting Goods offers. I don't. I don't know if they close, but they offer their employees. Yeah, you can. You you can have time off to go vote, and without any. Without any. Which is a which is actually a locally based you know you know national chain. Ah uh, uh, shoot, Milton, my go-to guy in uh, okay. Columbus, Ohio, says this. Okay. Speculation that the town of Wolf, uh, what is it, Wolf Mountain, Mount Wolf, Mount Wolf, Ma Mount Wolf, <laughs> Wolf Mountain. <laughs> Wolf Mountain. <laughs> well, it's the same thing, Mount Wolf, Wolf Mountain. What's, Wolf Mountain would have been better. Yeah. 
The speculation that the town was named for Pennsylvania Governor George Wolfe is far-fetched. The George Wolfe, who served as governor in the 1830s, had no relationship to the founding family, George H. Wolfe, who served as postmaster and stationmaster in 1850. However, Mount Wolfe's George H. Wolfe did have a great-great-grandson, Thomas Wolfe. Tom Wolfe who lives in George's house, oversees the Wolf's business, and who had worked directly for a state governor. Okay, so wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait so, hold on. Wait, hold on. So Tom Wolf has a staffer named Thomas Wolf? No, 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 no. <laughs> so Tom Wolf is the great-great-grandson, the governor. Isn't that what this is saying? No, he's saying that it's... I'm um, sorry. It, it's this is a, so badly written. <laughs> this Milton, is from the Mount wait. Wolf Burrow page. Could they be a little more uh, clear? <laughs> so it wasn't named... George Wolf, who was the <laughs> governor, had no relationship to the founding family of Mount Wolf, who was the postmaster stationmaster. But that George H. Wolf, who, who the town of Mount Wolf was named after... Who swear that ha, say that ha, though? Ha, it never says that. Says that. No, it says right here. Um, oh, the town. No. Mount Wolf's George Eight Wolf did have a great great grandson, Thomas Wolf. No, it never. This is absolutely unclear. Okay. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from. I was born in Hayward, California. If anyone wants to know, and I grew up in the, Fremont, California. Okay, and, and it, none yeah, of which were named after me. <laughs> I grew up in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and yeah, not, actually in a little section called Alloway, which was named after a French Jesuit priest, fra- Father Claude Alloway. Okay. Okay. Who. Um, I guess founded uh, Green Bay at um, like in the 1600s. Okay, wow. You know it's weird. That is. You, I didn't you know, know you're way old. in. Yeah. yeah but you I know, guess you, you get there by ship. That's well, right. No, yes. Well, because they were. T- no, they did. Okay. So they came down from uh, Canada. Yeah. And the French. Don't you have to build uh, like French a lock fur, or something like that. French of the fur Falls? traders. French yeah. fur traders. Okay. Were down there and Green Bay was um, is extremely old city. Okay. Hmm. I've never been. <laughs> I, have been to, I have been to Wisconsin. <laughs> Madison, it's beautiful. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> ah, a great city. All right, we're getting off subject. Um, so what do you think are the big, uh, the big issues here? You mentioned pot before. That's not a big issue. Although... Uh, for although, me, it well, is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ryan. But, here, but for... Um, I yeah. I mean it's interesting in that I think in here you mentioned yeah, how much money could come in if we were to legalize recreational marijuana. Yeah, the Auditor General. It's like uh, a half a billion a year in revenue. Yeah, a little revenue. over half a billion. Um, I mean that's a that's also a conservative estimate. Um, our state Auditor General Eugene De Pasquale, who I believe is from Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Uh, he um, he's been an advocate of this. He he's been wanting us to pass it for a couple of years now. He thinks uh, it's a no brainer in yeah, terms of so, just revenue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so, um, um, uh, Lieutenant Governor candidate um, John Fetterman. John Fetterman is also a backer. There's a lot of backers uh, in in Pittsburgh. I mean, Jake Wheatley uh, is 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 a state house rep here in Pittsburgh, the Hill District, and uh, some other areas. And he he wrote a bill to um you know introduce it basically. Ed Ganey's been behind it. Um, yeah, I could bring in a lot of money. It's probably, you're right, it's probably not the biggest issue, but in terms of, like, if we want to balance the budget easier, um, which is always an issue in in our state, that could be one way to do it without without raising taxes, without, um, also without, an without o- cutting back services. A severance tax on the oil companies yes. here, if you did both of those, you could actually begin to fund public education in ways that uh, it has not been funded in Absolutely. ages. Absolutely, and I would argue that um, the you know recreational marijuana issue is would also spur private business. I mean, hugely. So it's a it's a slam dunk unless you just really hate weed. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of a lot of a lot of probably more pressing issues at this point. I okay. You know, would be would be. I want to do the minimum. Yeah, let's uh, talk about minimum, minimum wage. wage. Yeah. Do you know Pennsylvania's minimum wage is seven dollars and twenty-five cents? 
Yeah, it's even lower if you uh, work in the tip industry. Oh, that's true. But try. Try to imagine living on that. It's impossible. Unless yeah, you want to live I under mean, a bridge. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's impossible. We, we, it we is even the have lowest, low rent, but it's still. It is the lowest minimum wage in the Northeast United yeah, States. I think, us and, uh, I think it's tied, but it's still the lowest with New Hampshire. Okay, perhaps. but all the states around us have bigger yeah, minimum wages. Even West Virginia. Which, if you think about it, puts us at a serious disadvantage. Yeah, no? and we have a problem growing our state's population. Uh, in terms of people wanting to move here. So we're not competitive. No. Stifles innovation, according to Dan Gilman. Hurts small business. Hurts the core of our communities, he says. So we haven't raised, Pennsylvania has not raised the, uh, I guess it was raised to 725 in 2009. And that, that, that's because the feds did it, too. Oh, and that's because the feds, okay, yes. so they're always going to meet did the raise it. We did raise it to like 715, I think, like a year before that. But Whoa. And then, yeah, and the fed and Don't the feds raised it. Don't you spend that all in one yeah. place. I will say there is bipartisan support to raise it. Um, the Republicans want to raise it a lot lower. Um, I think Scott Wagner said something around like nine something. Um uh, the the governor uh, Tom Wolf is this going for twelve dollars has an called hour. for twelve and a bill that I write about in this uh, issue would would increase it to twelve dollars instantly and then uh, fifteen dollars an hour by twenty twenty four so like incrementally after that um, but there's a lot yes, of proposals. Yes, you know here. what I got to tell you fifteen by twenty twenty four. I keep reading that in fact wages are finally starting to tick up but not enough yeah, to not enough to uh, meet the inflation level, yes. which is going up. Yeah, which basically so, means that you know, wages don't mean anything. No, so $15 by 2024 20, is almost like 725 again. It ain't going to amount to much. That's true, and so it seems like a pretty, it seems like a pretty easy proposal. Um, I mean, just in terms of like, I don't know, there's, there's, there's so much economic back and forth arguing about this, but... I'm 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 of the understanding that America is a consumerist country, so the more money you give to people, the more money they'll spend. Um, yes. So that would you could argue it could um, in, improve business relations uh, or, or or improve the economy. But you know, um, but this is an issue that uh, is pretty cut and dry between Democrats and you know Republicans. So I know right. you don't care. Okay. All right. Clarification. Okay. Tom Wolf, our okay. governor, okay. is the great great grandson of the founder of Mount Wolf. So it's his. It was town. named after it's his him. Town. Wow. Well, so the he's borough really page has not been updated since before the current governor. That's why it says so. The current governor's great 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 grandfather was both from Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Or or, okay. or is this Tom Wolf because it's spelled with an E? Are we talking about the author? No, Tom but Wolf? I mean, Milton just typo. misspelled okay. it. No, <laughs> 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 All right. That's really that's very interesting. So he's a he's a he's a true Pennsylvanian, I guess, and his yeah. family founded a town here. So uh, geez, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Ryan, I'm gonna give you uh, five more minutes. Okay. Uh, whatever you wanna. Okay. Um, I, I know you got stuff in your. Yeah. Everybody, well, I said, every time I said Ryan's gonna be on the show, anybody who knows him said, "Oh, uh, you won't get a word in edgewise. He just <laughs> talks. He never shuts up. He's just talk, talk, talk." So. Yeah, let's you think do. We cover, I thought we covered. Yeah, pretty much, pretty, pretty much everything. I would say. Um, yeah. I would say I I love to talk about gun control. Um, Go ahead. That's a that um, there's been data that's actually showed that um, that's that's Democrats' biggest issue on a state level. That's what they care most about on a state level, state by state. This um, progressive uh, data company called Data for Progress uh, showed that recently that. In terms of polling, you mean if you ask a Democrat in Pennsylvania what's your most important issue, they well, say gun control. For all states, so if you ask oh. a Democrat in any state what their biggest state level issue is, so what they want their state house to take on is gun control. Is gun control. So it, it, it's 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 a pretty big one, and especially considering the mass shooting that happened at the Tree of Life synagogue. Um, I think it's really fresh on people's minds. I know that the people at the rallies, at the at the at the vigils, they were they were they were chanting vote, 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 vote. vote. And right. so um, again, this is this is a this is a pretty cut and dry issue. Um, Democrats, uh, for the most part, um, especially urban and suburban Democrats, 
uh, tend to support gun control, and the vast majority of Republicans do not. Norma writes, amidst our grief, we can't forget we must still hold our congressman's feet to the fire when it comes to gun control. In particular, I implore everyone in the 14th District to contact Mike Doyle. Well, isn't he on the right side of, he, of yeah, Obama reviving the ban of yeah, uh, assault weapons? If the Democrats take the House, uh, you mean the in Washington tomorrow, yeah. I would think that Doyle, given his seniority, would we could wield, yield a lot of power. That's possible. The best yeah. way we can honor the Tree of Life victims is to never, 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 never give up this fight. I would say absolutely contact your congressman or congressperson as, as often as you can, but in terms of actually getting quicker a state like um, a gun control ban, it's through the state government because Trump is in office until 2020. So, you know, Doyle could, you know, introduce 100 bills. They're and, never – they'll, they'll be vetoed. Exactly. Trump will veto all of them. Um, so in terms of if Governor Wolf maintains his seat, which he's you know, likely to do, and the Democrats were to have a little bit, even just a little bit more say in the state government, you not know, even take the House, not, you know, not even take the Senate, they might be able to push through a universal background check bill, which was already close to you know, getting through What do you mean? Committee. We don't have a universal background no. check? No. The, we don't have anything. We just passed a, you know, we recently just passed a very tame bill that would um, cut off, you know, domestic abusers would have to turn in their guns oh, right, or something like that, that, which is pretty tame. Um, but in terms of universal background checks, this year it actually came within one vote of, you know, you know, of, you know, of clearing its committee. You know, in the House, and it was actually because of two Democrats that actually well, voted against it. Well, that's what I wanted to yeah, say to you. Yeah, one of who's listed that's, on here, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. In this state, you know, you not only have to get rid of the Republicans, yeah. you got to get rid of a whole bunch of Democrats who are essentially Republicans. In I'm terms, sorry, they in, really in are. In terms of a lot of issues, in terms of gun control, in terms of social so issues, they're abortion, like abortion, gun much, control. They are totally yes. on the Republican side, and, and so that's why it's really important to 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 try to get as many, um, I guess, pro gun control legislators into into the, um, you know, into con um, into the House. It, yes, state in, house. into the state house, Harrisburg, and you know one of those obviously you know reelecting you know Governor Tom Wolf, uh, you know Michelle Knoll out in uh, out in um, Ohio Township Moon area is you know pro gun control, and her opponent is um, more of a gun rights activist, and then obviously Emily Skopov who who is also pro gun control. Oh, you guys and Marshall, if you could knock Terzai off or Metcalf off in God, it would it, I it would, would make be a I would be. The happiest human being in the universe, I swear to God, yeah. maybe for an hour or two. But yeah. I, I really, God, it would make such a difference. It really would, in terms of in terms of seeing some bills yeah. that have been blocked for um, a while now. All right. Well, Ryan, tomorrow you gonna <laughs> vote first thing in the morning? I think so. Um, usually the lines are a little longer, but usually I'm like, I'm just, I love, I love voting. So I, I, I am, uh, I, I'm like, like no, no, I'm a nervous wreck and I wake up at like seven and I like go down there and, and, uh, and I just want to get it done. So I did that, uh, you know, in 2016, I couldn't even sleep. So, you know, I was, I, everybody today is talking about, do you think this will happen? You know, guys will know in, uh, you know, in 24 hours we'll be voting yeah. and then, in you know at eight o'clock yeah yeah thirty six we should start knowing some stuff if everything is as close as we're as they say yeah. uh, you know I would imagine in terms of national we're not going to know a lot of stuff for days and days there might be recounts yeah especially be. when you get down to California which actually has a lot of you know house seats uh, you right. know you know in that Orange County and in the center right. of the state that where they could flip um, I will I just want to plug one thing Can I plug one thing. Of course. Okay. Uh, follow follow the city paper account. Um, you know on Twitter. You know at pghcitypaper.com. I'm sorry at pghcitypaper. Um, on Tuesday, I'm going to be basically um, doing a live, you know, tweeting about all the results in our area, specific to our area. Okay. So it's kind of an original thing because most of the like CNN, they're all going to focus on the federal government. Well, I'm going to sure. be looking at state races. I'm going to be looking uh -huh. at you know, Connor Lamb's race, um, you know. And, and that's looking good. We didn't mention that. That's true. That's, like, basically a shoe-in at this point. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Nothing's um, ever a show uh, But, man, that guy's such a crossover candidate. He gets so many people to vote for him. Yeah. That are, you know, that are conservative. So, um, 
Uh, well, yes, but I will say that if you're very interested in the state races, um, that's what I'm going to be focusing on 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 our. You know what? Our, I was starting to think the other day about Connor Lamb. He's going to be somebody people are going to be floating for uh, president. Yeah, or Senate uh, would be a big one in 2022, possibly. I know there's up actually. Against, uh, I, I actually think there's probably three people that uh, people have been kind of floating for Senate up against Toomey uh, in, in 2022 Connor Lamb, John Fetterman, and I'm. My dark horse is Summerlee, but um, she's only a state house candidate. But man, she can she can she can speak. She's a she's something else. <laughs> yeah. A black woman running, uh, winning in a white district. Yes, yeah, and she and she is and, and she is una, and she is totally unapologetic, which is which is which is rare. So um, and she's very charismatic. So yeah, we'll that, see. That's your woman. That's who I think is, is is has got a little secret chance to kind of sneak up on people because Toomey can. He's got a lot of suburban report. Um, you know, support. So uh, um, it could be hard for someone like Fetterman or Lamb to. See, I don't think Fetterman's a good idea. He's just. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. Uh, his, I think. His, I think he's kind of. Uh, yeah, it's. It definitely seems like his um, star has fallen. Maybe. I mean. Oh I really? Would, you I, think? No, no. I, I wouldn't say fallen, but I. Yeah, it's. It seems like Lamb could overtake him. In oh, terms without of a doubt. Moderate kind yeah. of like you know. Without a or, doubt. Or like I like I know rule support kind of people so. Um, yeah, Lamb is also incredibly charismatic too. So, although Fetterman is so like frightening looking that he could just say "vote for me," one hundred percent. Yeah, vote for me or else. Okay. Yeah, and he's also but been traveling across the whole state. He for a really long has time, been so all over the place. I think there's probably a lot of support that he has as well. That yes, doesn't really come across in polls. Yeah, no, so, I think that's true too. Yeah. Thank you. You got a long day yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, all right. And the day after, yeah, and the day right. after that too. <laughs> I'm, I have to say, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to just like your regular beat. Yeah, transit reporting and some <laughs> other stuff that I want to focus on. Uh, some, yeah. Some, some features I want to write. So uh, it's it'll be nice after after the midterms are over. Thank you, Ryan. It's a really good. Uh, pick it up. There's there's interesting stuff in there. It's free, you know. That's right. So, Thanks, okay. Lynn. Thank you. It. Thank right. you. Thank you. Hey guys, I want to uh, I want to tell you about. Um, actually, I'll have uh, Amy posted on my Facebook page as well. I tweet if you follow me on Twitter. I tweeted it out. For any of you who um, may have watched Real Time with Bill Maher um, on Saturday. Uh, at the beginning, he had on uh, Barry Weiss, uh, who is from Pittsburgh um, and writes for the New York Times, and uh, and she talked about what happened here. She herself was uh, bat mitzvahed at Tree of Life. Her dad had uh, been the president of one of the congregations that was attacked. Um, the family is very, very um, intertwined in the Jewish community and looked up to in the Jewish community. Anyway, Barry Weiss, at the beginning of the show on Saturday, sat down for an eight-minute interview. And to me, it was a tutorial on... Um, anti-Semitism. And I would uh, love it if you would all take uh, time to read it. I'll make sure I get it um, up again, the entire thing. Eight minutes. Is, okay, so sh Amy's putting it up. Please, take the time. Um, I learned, I learned things. And I, I mean, I'm an old Jew. Uh, Barry's a young Jew. <laughs> I learned things from her on that interview that I had never realized before, and frankly, it's some seriously sobering stuff. Um, and I, I just want to pass that one thing on to you. You'll recall that in Charlottesville, when the uh, when the right wingers, the white nationalists, uh, were having their demonstration, which led to the death, of course, of a young woman. Um, they were chanting, Jews will not replace us. 
You remember that? Jews will not replace us. And it was reported on, and I mentioned it, and I would... But I have to tell you, I never said to anybody, including a fellow Jew, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. Jews will not replace us. It seems such an odd thing to say. Were they... I, I didn't understand what it was. Think of what. What did you think that meant? That Jews would what? Replace them? How? I mean, what do you? What I really didn't get it. What was that? Barry Weiss explains it in that interview. They're not talking about a Jew. Let's say is going to replace me, this you know white nationalist. Uh, you know, in my job or in my whatever, you know, each of us is going to be replaced by a, a Jew. No, what they mean, and this shows how insidious this anti-Semitism is, how bizarre it is. They think that Jews do control the world that Jews are the puppet masters, controlling governments, controlling everything. And that one of the things that these Jews are doing, for instance, George Soros being a Jew, is financing, according to them, these, this caravan of brown people coming up here. What they, what they mean when they say Jews will not replace us is that Jews are the puppet masters behind all of this immigration, all of these refugees, brown and black, pouring into white nations, Europe, North America, and Jews are doing that because then they somehow, I guess, make money off of it. So what they're saying when they're saying Jews will not replace us is the puppet master Jews who are trying to bring in all those brown and black people to take our jobs that those Jews, they were defiant. They're no, you're not going to get me. So it's so much more insidious. And what Barry Weiss says that I had never realized before is she said, and she's right on, anti-Semitism, I don't know if she said this exactly, is got to be the oldest, most just never going away conspiracy theory that's what it is it's a conspiracy theory that took hold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago and has is always there it is so old that there are people who just know that that's it's the truth <laughs> It's a conspiracy theory that is in the bones, in the heads, in the hearts of so many in the world's population so that the conspiracy theory about the Jews running things is known and believed all over Africa, all over South America, all over Asia, Europe. There's not a continent where it's not known. So it's got to be the most successful conspiracy theory. And it won't die. It won't. 
Um, but I, if you can, please listen to her. Um, you might not agree with everything she says, but I think what she said was just remarkably brilliant and eloquent. And she ended by talking to the Jews who support Trump. And I think she leveled them. She is a very strong supporter of Israel herself. And she points out that Jews have, the Jews that do, and believe me, it's a minority of Jews that support Trump, do it because they like his, you know, just total bromance with Netanyahu, his moving the embassy to Jerusalem, his like taking things from Palestinians, and he's just totally in Israel's corner. And she said, yeah, okay. So you support him because of those policies. But look at the principles that you're giving up to support those policies. The principle, for instance, of truth. The principle of, and then she just lists so much of what any real American, any real believer of what Judaism teaches, or for that matter what Christianity teaches, that you can't support Trump without devaluing and leaving behind the very principles that made this country that are the basis of probably most religions. Anyway, that is a brilliant woman. One of our own. She's also written two uh, incredible pieces for the Times about what happened at Tree of Life. Uh, the, the latest one was uh, carried in the um, Week in Review section of the Sunday New York Times. Um, please take the time. I found it sobering. I found it frightening. Because I never knew the answer to that question. Why? Even as a child, I would ask my parents, why do people hate us? And there are so many different strands. It's Christ killers, right? That's a biggie. It's that we're uh, small people in population, but we, we have a bigger profile than we're successful often. What is it? We punch above our weight, I guess. And that would breed you know, all kinds of suspicions and help sell conspiracy theories, I suppose. But this election tomorrow to me is when we take our first step toward either saving this country or seeing it go in a direction that no one of us could have contemplated, nor any president of the United States before this one could have contemplated. It is that serious. It is that consequential. It is that frightening. The soul and the future of our country is at stake. We have got to stop this in its tracks or it will just continue to build and will be ripped asunder and more people will die. It's that serious and if you don't think so, 
You're part of the problem. All right, tomorrow. And you can still help people get to the polls. You can still go work a phone bank. You can put out a sign saying vote. You can do something, okay? We're in the battle for this country's life, and it won't end tomorrow, no matter what happens. All right. Peace. Shalom. Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.